Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. I want to welcome everybody who is joining us online right now. Thank you so much for being a part of Activation Church. I believe that today is going to be a powerful day where you encounter the presence of God right where you are, whether you're in your home or in a hospital room, riding in your car or you're at work, I believe today that the Spirit of God will be released to you. Did you know that the Spirit of God has no limits? See, our flesh has limits. We, we're limited on where we can go. We're limited on what we do, but He has no limitations. The same God that is here with us now is the same God that is there with you in this moment. And as we get started today and head into the direction that God's going to take us, I want you to know that if you came to be entertained, you're going to be sadly, sadly mistaken. For too long, the church has wanted to be entertained. We choose a church based upon what programs please us. We choose a church based upon the environment or the worship team or the media presentation that they put together. We choose a church based upon, will they entertain my kids? And I'm all for programs. I'm all for excellence, but hear what I'm saying. Entertainment will never help you in your time of trouble. You need a touch from heaven. You need an encounter with Jesus and that's what I'm believing for today. I'm believing that we are going to touch the very presence of God. I believe today that our hands are going to be extended and we're going to grasp the very hem of his garment where healing virtue flows. And so I want to start today by going to Isaiah the 53rd chapter. And as I was praying this week, a passage of scripture jumped up in my spirit. I was right over there and I was praying for our church and a passage came up and I'm gonna share that with you later and we're gonna talk through it and we're gonna pray through it. But this is not gonna be a typical message with points. This is going to be a setup to release to you what you need to receive from God today. Isaiah lived around 700 years before the birth of Jesus. Yet with accuracy, he proclaims what's going to happen in his life. And in Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, verse 3, Isaiah says this about Jesus. He was despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Think about that, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And oftentimes when we read this passage, we look to Good Friday. And we think that's the moment that he experienced sorrow. That's the moment that he experienced grief. And although that is true, he did experience an immense amount of pressure and grief and pain and sorrow at that moment. His life was riddled with sorrow, his life was riddled with grief. His life was riddled by rejection and pain. Jesus knew what it was to be rejected. Jesus 
knew what it felt like for people to turn their back on him. He understood suffering, a man of sorrows, acquainted, acquainted, acquainted with grief. He felt physical and emotional pain. Jesus was touched by what touches you. Did you hear that? Everything that touches you in this life, Jesus was touched by it. The Bible says in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verse 15, for we do not have a high priest. Speaking of Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus identifies with your struggles. Jesus identifies with what you're going through today. He understands your weakness. He sympathizes with your pain. Jesus was touched by what touches you. Surely, the Bible says he has borne our griefs. That means he took it upon himself and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. Peace between God and man is now available because of Jesus. And with his wounds and by his stripes, the Bible declares that we are healed. Jesus experienced it all. He was touched by it all. He endured it all so that we could be made complete, so that we could be made whole. He was broken so that the broken pieces of your life could be put back together. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 8, chapter verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, he became poor, so that by his poverty or through his poverty, we might become rich. When we think about wealth, our mind always goes to money. But true wealth goes far beyond money. And when the Bible says that Jesus became poor, you have to understand that he came from heaven where everything that he needed was, where all of his worship was. He was the omnipresent God, which means he was everywhere all at once. Yet he became poor. He was confined to a body that had to walk. 
He's the omniscient God that knows all things, yet he became a man and had to learn. And he had to grow in wisdom, stature, and favor. He's the omnipotent God, all-powerful, yet he surrenders himself to live in a body. He becomes poor so that through his poverty you may become rich. What does that mean? That all your needs can be met so that you can have more than enough, more than enough joy, more than enough peace, more than enough hope. Money is meaningless if you don't have peace. Money is meaningless if you don't have health. But Jesus came and he was broken so that your life could be restored, so that the wealth of heaven could be invested into your life. The wealth of heaven belongs to you. We are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, which means what belongs to him now belongs to you. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. So what do we do about it? We come with confidence and we draw near to the throne of grace. We come to his throne with confidence. You belong there. You've been invited there. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through, you are invited and you belong in his presence. And you can come with this confidence and this assurance because of the blood of Jesus. And we come before the throne of grace that we may receive. Somebody say receive. We may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What do you need today? What's your struggle? What's your pain? What do you need? It's available. Now I want to go to Isaiah, the 61st chapter. And this is a portion of scripture that Jesus reads in the synagogue at the beginning of his ministry. He takes the scroll, he opens it, he reads what I'm about to read to you, and then he closes with this. Today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Somebody say fulfilled. That means it's already done. What God is going to do for you has already been accomplished through Jesus Christ. We just have to take ownership of it. We have to take possession of it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus says it is fulfilled, meaning that this is who I am. This is what I came to do. And I want you to know it's available to you. This is what belongs to those who have positioned themselves under his covering. And as I read this passage today, I'm going to take time to pray over you. And I'm also going to add other scriptures to it in the midst. So if you're trying to follow along with your Bible, you're going to have a very hard time. So I would just encourage you to listen, pray, and receive. And then if you want to go back, 
later in your own personal study time, you can read this over your life too. And through this, I hope that you also learn how you can pray the word of God over your life. Isaiah 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is talking about Jesus. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. So, Father, today we thank you for healing the brokenhearted and binding up all of their wounds. Father, we thank you for turning our sorrow into joy. Lord, your word says that we may sow in sorrow or tears, but we will reap with shouts of joy, shouts of victory. So God, I thank you for binding up the brokenhearted. Jesus, you came to proclaim liberty to the captives and wherever your spirit is, God, there is liberty, there is freedom. You also came so that the prison could be open to those who are bound. So Father, we thank you for setting us free today from fear. We thank you for setting us free today from worry and anxiety. Father, we thank you that those who have been bound by depression are bound no longer. God, we thank you that those who have been bound by addiction are bound, are bound no longer. Father, we thank you that those who are bound by unforgiveness and bitterness are bound no more. Hear what I'm saying, children of God. Bitterness and unforgiveness in your life will dam up the river of God that he's trying to release to you. So today, allow freedom to come into your life by repenting of that unforgiveness, by repenting of that bitterness. Lord, you came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I thank you for your favor that is on our life, that follows us through every season and moment and trial. Lord, because your hand is on us, we will prosper in every season. Our leaf will never go dry, and we will succeed in all that we do. Lord, bless your people today. God, allow them to know that even though they're walking through the valley moment, you are with them, that you never leave, you never forsake them. And although they're going through struggles, Lord, they can take confidence in you because you understand what they're going through. You sympathize with them and you are broken so that they could be made complete. God, give us the wisdom to know that what we're going through right now is not a life sentence. It's only a season. It's only a moment. And hope lies before us. We thank you for your favor, God. God, we thank you today for comforting all who mourn. We thank you for bringing peace to those who are in distress. God, we thank you for sending help in our time of need. Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy that follows us 
all the days of our life. Lord, your word says that you give us a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, which means the morning season of our life is coming to an end. We can wipe off the ashes because we are receiving a beautiful headdress. We are covered by you. The oil of gladness belongs to us instead of our mourning. And here's what jumped in my spirit as I was praying. He gives us the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. He gives us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. And as I was praying for you this week, I understand that many of you are under an immense amount of pressure. Some of you are carrying a very heavy load. And today I'm here to tell you that you can cast your cares on him. You can cast your burdens on him because he cares for you and he will receive your heaviness. He will receive your burdens and he will replace it with a garment of praise. It's time for the children of God to open their mouths and declare the praises of God. Stop walking around defeated. Stop walking around with your head hanging low and stand and know that you are a child of the living God and we praise you and we thank you and we honor you and as you do that, as you praise God, he shows up and when God shows up, there's freedom and we leave that place of heaviness. We leave that place of sorrow. We leave that place of grief because our eyes are fixed on him. And we know that if we are in his hand, everything's going to be okay no matter what it looks like right now because it's all temporary. Even death is not an enemy to you. Because the moment you close your eyes, your eyes are truly opened. Right. And then you see Jesus face to face. And although we mourn here in our flesh for those that we love, that leave us, we know that if they belong to him, they're secure. All of your family members and friends that have gone before you today are rejoicing in heaven. And they're looking down on us. And they're wanting us to rejoice here on earth for the hope that lies before us. Think about that. A wonderful hope lies before us. We will be called the oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. And Father, I thank you for planting us by the rivers of living water. And because you have planted us, we will be fruitful in every season of our life. And we will prosper in everything that we do that you have called us to. Lord, I thank you for supplying our need. 
And Father, I ask that you would give your people the wisdom to know what they've been called to by you and what they're going after in their own desire. Because God, you only supply for what you've called. So Lord, help us to find that vein and that lane that you've called us to. Lord, you say that we will build up the ancient ruins, that we will raise up the former devastations. We will repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Strangers shall tend our flocks and foreigners, shall be our plowmen and vine dressers, but we are called the priests of the Lord. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, and we will proclaim the excellencies of him who has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. People will speak of us as the ministers of God, and the Bible says that we shall eat the wealth of the nations. The blessings of God will chase us down and overtake us. We will eat the good of the land and the wealth of the wicked is coming in to our hands. Today as I was praying this morning, I started meditating on the Word of God, and I began to realize that every prayer you have prayed has gone before Him, and every act of generosity that you have done has gone before Him, and He will remember it, and in the right season, He will release to you an abundance. That's what I'm expecting. Not so that I can hoard it. I want to be blessed so that I can be a blessing. I do what I can right now with what I have, but I want to do more. And because of that, the word says that he'll give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. You know, so many times we say, God, if you'll give me this, I'll do this. But he's looking at what you're doing with what you already have. God's not a man that he should be mocked. He's not fooled by us. He's watching us. And he says, you'll reap based upon what you sow. What we sow in prayer, what we sow in time, what we sow in generosity. He is mindful of all of these things. Instead of our shame, the Bible says, there will be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess a double portion. And we will have everlasting, unending, complete joy. And I say amen and amen. Let it be so. Now stand to your feet and praise God like you've already received it this morning.